When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Joe and Amber Podcast. I feel fairly old right now because not only do I remember having a Game Boy, I remember when it came out and it was a big thing in the height of technology. Unlike my partner, Drew Carter, I don't even think was born when Game Boy came out. I'm Michael Rothstein. We're here on Joe and Amber tonight, filling in for Joe and Amber here on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, as always, is presented by Progressive Insurance. Hey, Drew, how are you doing, man? I'm great, Mike. Good to see you. And for the record, I did have a Game Boy, but it was a Game Boy Advance SP. So it was the younger man's version of your, what, Game Boy Color? Is that what you were rocking with? No, I was rocking with the Game Boy original that did not have color. color. Our producer, James Steele, is what? very confused at what, at what is transpiring already, and we are 45 seconds into today's show. So that we're off to a rock and start here, my man. I thought the Game Boy Color was what old people played. There, you're telling me there was a black and white yeah. version of the Game yes. Boy? Was, yeah. Oh, my God. It was, it was like green. It it was, yeah, it was green. It, it was green and the screen was green and black. Like you had the black, like all the characters were, were kind of like that, the black pixelated stuff. And like you had the two buttons and they were purple. And it was like kind of like the old brick phone of which, again, before your time, like you had the brick cell phone. It looked like that. And no, you want to know someone, Drew, who, who did probably have a Game Boy and a brick cell phone at one point? That would be Aaron Rodgers, who is one of the oldest players in the NFL now. And today he... he signed a deal, a reworked deal that even though it's less money than he was initially going to have, could still afford probably all of the Game Boys still in circulation. He agreed to a two-year fully guaranteed $75 million contract. That's a pay cut, by the way, of $33.715 million from the $108.715 million he was still owed on the deal he signed with the Packers in 2022. And if all those numbers make your brain hurt, you are not the only one here. Are you surprised, Drew, that Aaron Rodgers decided to take a pay cut? No, because Aaron Rodgers has gone from... He's done a reverse Tobey Maguire in the Spider-Man movies. He was Spider-Man 3 Tobey in, in Green Bay toward the end of his tenure there. He was evil. He was evil Spider-Man. He was evil Aaron Rodgers. He wasn't going to do anything to help the team out. He wasn't going to help the front office. He wanted to leave. He wanted out. Now that he's in New York... It's all Rose's baby. He's the first guy at training camp. He's helping the young guys. He's throwing on his off days. And he's taking a pay cut. And by the way, Aaron Rodgers' career earnings before this contract, $305 million. So taking the $35 million pay cut or almost that much, it is great. It's a good team guy move. It helps him with the salary cap. But let's just say he can afford it. Yes, he can absolutely afford it. By the way, I just hit Google, and on Retro V Games, you can buy an original Game Boy with Tetris and Dr. Mario for $120. So what he can probably buy, what, $100 million, uh, <laughs> Game Boys with that money? Here's what Aaron Rodgers had to say as to the part of the reason he took the pay cut and also whether or not this might be more than just a 2023 situation for him this in New York. 
Definitely some of it is uh, how much fun I'm, in, I'm having. It's all about the body, how the body feels. The team gave up uh, significant uh, pieces for it just to be a one-year deal. Um, I'm aware of that. I think there was uh, you know, an awareness of that. Uh, now, again, anything can happen with my body or with the success we have this year. But I'm having a blast, so I don't really see this as a one-year and done thing. I mean, none of that surprises me, right? Like, I remember, what, Drew, when they officially made the deal, and even when they hypothetically made the deal, uh, we were all just kind of waiting for it to happen. There was a lot of talk of like, oh man, Aaron, they're going to do this for one year, right? The the Jets are going all in for one year. It seems like Aaron Rodgers is making it pretty clear that that might not be the case. And to me, he's the type of guy that I could see him playing three or four. He might not think that, but I could see it. Well, he's 39 years old, and right. he's one of the most talented quarterbacks we've seen. In not just football, but in a variety of sports, we've seen – Thanks to modern medicine and different training practices, we just know more. Like, look at LeBron. I mean, LeBron is still one of the best players in the NBA in now entering year 21. And football, of course, more physical, maybe a little more grueling. But for Aaron Rodgers, I think he can probably play a few a few more years and still be above average. Tom Brady just played until his mid-40s. The problem is Aaron Rodgers was not very good last year. Now, we have seen Aaron Rodgers dip and then rise back as one of the best quarterbacks in the league. He sort of seemed like he was declining, and then he came back and won two MVPs in a row. And last year, you know, his attitude might not have been the same way it is now that he's in New York. It didn't seem like he wanted to be in Green Bay anymore. And now everything might be different. But with that being said, what we often see from the quarterback position is when the cliff comes, it happens, and it's steep. It, is not, it tends to not be a gradual decline. I mean, Brady last year with the Bucks was pretty bad by his standards. He did not look like the same guy. Peyton Manning in his last year in Denver, they won a Super Bowl, but his numbers dropped drastically. Oh, yeah. So Aaron, Aaron Rodgers, might, might that happen to him in New York? Was last year the beginning of the end for him, or is it just another dip because we have seen that before? I think it's, it's one of the most fascinating questions in the NFL. Of course, we talk about him all the time. We talk about the Jets all the time. Their division is so good, though, and the conference is so good that I don't know how how expectations can realistically be winning a division when you have the Bills there, you have the Dolphins there, the Patriots, who knows, and then, again, getting to a Super Bowl? I mean, then you have to go through Kansas City and Cincinnati and Baltimore. Even if Aaron Rodgers is good, I don't see the Jets as a, a top-five team in the AFC. See, this is where I disagree with you because I think of the Jets before Brees Hall got hurt last year. And the Jets before Brees Hall got hurt were a pretty good team with a pretty atrocious quarterback situation with the ghost of Zach Wilson. Like it wasn't even like Zach, you know, Zach Wilson, the real Zach Wilson is still hanging out in BYU somewhere. Like that was the ghost of Zach Wilson last year. Aaron Rodgers is a significant upgrade from that. They're going to, in theory, have Brees Hall back. They've upgraded at least somewhat their receiver position, at least with players that Aaron Rodgers is familiar with, like Alan Lazard, plus Garrett Wilson's going to have be in his second year. And their defense is still maybe the top defense in the NFL. That's a recipe for potentially winning a division. I agree with you. A Super Bowl might be tough because Kansas City is really good. Cincinnati is fantastic. But I can see them winning the AFC East. I, they were on pace to potentially do it last year with Zach Wilson before Brees Hall went down. And they didn't really have an answer. 
for with Brees, after Brees Hall. I think it's possible. I'm not saying it will happen. But Aaron Rodgers is a guy who's been there before. He's been to higher heights than Josh Allen, higher heights than Tua, higher heights than whoever's going to be quarterbacking the New England Patriots. The guy knows how to get it done on the field. I'm not, I'm not ready to, to cash out on that and say that they can't win the division. You know, they, I think for Jets fans, as I grew up a Jets fan. I grew up in New York. I used to have season tickets when I was a kid, Drew. The, the concern would be that he becomes Brett Favre. And, that, and great for half a year, gets hurt, and then that's it. Like, I think that's the well, as a Vikings fan, I'm hoping he becomes Brett Favre. Come home, baby. <laughs> come to Minnesota. One year with the Jets, and then come have your best career season in the twilight of your career in Minnesota. Oh, man, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. I, I think Kirk Cousins is, is probably still going to be there, as much as you might cringe as, as that happens. Coming up in a different universe, maybe that Brett Favre, Minnesota universe that Drew is living in, we'd be talking about Aaron Rodgers as a QB1 for the Broncos. Don't forget about that a year ago. Instead, they've got Russell Wilson, and he was not very good at all last season. So what are those expectations for him, the Broncos, Sean Payton, all that? We'll talk about next, Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash network. So have you ever flown into Denver, Colorado? Drew, have you ever flown yes. in there before? Okay, so then I don't if know you if I technically flew into Denver, I flew into somewhere sort of near Denver. Okay, well if you fly, if you've ever flown into the Denver airport, you know that there is this giant horse outside, and it's these red eyes that are creepy. It's the creepiest thing I've seen at an airport. It really bothers me. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, ESPN App, Sirius XM Channel 80, alongside Drew Carter on Michael Rothstein. And the reason we're talking about the creepy Denver airport horse is because it is time for two days, and we are going out to where else? But we're going to go fly Denver. Hey, let's go do our job, man. NFL Nation two-a-days. Time is here! On ESPN Radio. The Denver Broncos. Blue 58! Go! This is Jeff Legwald covering the Broncos. And the biggest item on first-year coach Sean Payton's to-do list 
fix this offense and quarterback Russell Wilson along with it. The Broncos have finished 28th or worst in scoring in three of the last four seasons, and they were last in the league in scoring last season. Wilson, he's coming off his worst season as a pro with just 16 touchdown passes in 2022, and he led the league with 55 sacks. That's a lot to handle for Peyton, but he has to get it done. Countdown to kickoff with NFL Nation Two-A-Days on ESPN Radio. That, of course, was the great Jeff Legwald who covers the Broncos for us out in Denver. Drew, do you think Russell Wilson is done, or is Russell Wilson... Oh, let's put it this way. Can Russ still cook, or is Russ done? Or cooked. Or is Russ cooked? Yes. yes. <laughs> First of all, before I answer that, I have a question for you, Michael. When okay. we do the Atlanta Falcons two-a-days, are you going to be tossing to yourself and then just talking to yourself? I am not sure. what day. Do we know what day, James Steele, we're doing the Falcons yet? Probably pretty soon because they were bad last year. Yeah, let me let me let me take a gander year. at that. Please do because with the amount of days I'm on ESPN Radio, I'm kind of hoping. And even if I'm not, or even if I'm, I'm really curious now. We, we will James will look that up while we're doing that. Drew, so Russ, yay, nay, blah. I lean nay. I lean nay, my friend, and yeah. not just because we're talking about the Broncos. I say nay. Russell Wilson last year looked so cooked, it was honestly hard to watch. Remember that Thursday night game where they lost to the Colts? I think the final score was 12-9. to Oh, do I? If, I remember it. <laughs> if that guy – right, you can't unsee it. It's seared into all of our brains. Because it was a horrible game, but we can't not watch because it's the NFL and we're Americans, so we have to contractually. But it was so ugly, I would be stunned if that same guy, Russell Wilson, unless – he has been completely transported, and he got his talent back from the Monstars or whatever happened to him last year. If, if, anything is, if anything changes for Russell Wilson this upcoming season, I would be shocked considering how bad he looked. Now, grain of salt, more like a brick of salt, is that Nathaniel Hackett might go down as the worst head coach in NFL history, and now they bring in Sean Payton, who they're paying as the second highest paid coach in American sports. And for good reason, because he was great in New Orleans, of course, Super Bowl, consistently one of the best offenses in the league. I just don't think that Russell Wilson, at this point of his career, is even a fraction of what Drew Brees was in his prime in New Orleans. And for that reason, Michael, I'm out. Uh, listen, I'm also out. Uh, before we before I get back to Russell Wilson, it's like, uh, the, do you think Nathaniel Hackett was the worst head coach in NFL history? Like, worse than Lou Holtz? Worse than Urban Meyer? One year for Nathaniel Hackett. Right. And he oversaw the worst offense in the NFL, which had what we thought was an elite quarterback entering the season. So I guess time will tell, right, Michael? Because if if Russell Wilson is good under Sean Payton, then I think you can make a legitimate argument Nathaniel Hackett is the worst head coach in the NFL, ever in the NFL. But if, if Russell Wilson proves to be cooked himself, then maybe it wasn't all Nathaniel Hackett's fault. Right, and I, I just I, I lean toward that that I don't think it was all Nathaniel Hackett's fault because here's this: the Seattle Seahawks clearly knew something when they were like, "Hey, yeah, yeah, we're we're done with this franchise quarterback." No, 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 forget it. We're we're gonna get as much as we can. And by the way, that looks like a steal 
for the Seattle oh, Seahawks. Yeah. Like, the Denver Broncos have to win a Super Bowl now for that to have worked out for Denver to win that trade based off of what we've seen so far. I, I'm just so out on Russell Wilson. I just don't think it's there. I don't think it's been there for a little while. I don't even think it was there the last year in Seattle, right? Like, it, it just feels like he's taken too many hits because that was the thing. Was They always said let Russ cook, but Russ always took sacks. Like That, that was it, and we saw it last year. I mean, listen, listen to the sack number. Right, 55 last year, 33 the year before that, 47 the year before that, 48 the year before that, 51 the year before that, 43, 41, 45, 42, 44. Almost over 40 sacks every year of his career but two. Like, I'm sorry. That's a lot of punishment, a lot of hits. He hasn't thrown for over 4,000 yards since 2020. He hasn't thrown for more than 30 touchdowns since 2020. Two of the last three years, over 10 interceptions. It's... It's Russ. He's done. And if he can't play, the Broncos are in a world of hurt. I don't care what type of miracle worker Sean Payton is, true? Yeah. Now, to play devil's advocate, right? Sean Payton in New Orleans typically oversaw one of the best offenses in the league. They've made moves in the offseason to improve the offense and the talent around him. They trade up in the second round for a receiver in Marvin Mims. They had a couple guys on the offensive line. Defensively, they should be really good. I mean, I think you could argue this is a top-five defense in the league. They were 10th sure. in DVOA last season. It's a pretty young unit. You know, Patrick Sertan is maybe the best cornerback in the NFL, and he's super young. But with all that being said, it just doesn't matter if Russell Wilson is the same guy we saw last season. And I think we all expect them to be slightly better because, you know, Nathaniel Hackett, again, seemed like an awful head coach. But – even with that, Michael, Nathaniel Hackett, if there's one thing he can do, it's coach offense. I mean, he's always going to have a job as an offensive coordinator. He's back with Aaron Rodgers this year. So if Jets fans think that Nathaniel Hackett was horrible last season, get ready because he's your new OC, but he has consistently been a productive offensive coordinator, whether it was in Green Bay or Buffalo, and now we expect to see the same thing in New York. And last year the offense was abysmal. I think mostly because of Russell Wilson, and that's not going to improve this year. He's he's only getting older, and he's only getting more cooked. Yeah, well, but first of all, there are some guys that are just better coordinators than head coaches. I mean, the best example of that might be Wade Phillips. Wade Phillips, not a great head coach, fantastic defensive coordinator. Sometimes that just happens, and maybe that is what it is with Nathaniel Hackett. But I'm with you, man. Like, uh, the, not only that, we were talking last segment about the Jets, right? And you were making the argument that Aaron Rodgers can't be a Super Bowl contender because of the AFC and because of the division he plays in. I'm sorry. The Broncos are in the AFC West. The Kansas City Chiefs, last I checked, are still in the AFC West. So you're not winning the division. The Los Angeles Chargers, even though they're coached by Brandon Staley, which ugh, still better than the Broncos, talent-wise for sure. And the Raiders and the Broncos are probably going to be fighting it out for for last place in that division. I, I just don't see it. I think we're still – this time next year, we're probably talking about the Broncos in a similar spot, Drew. Right, which means the, the trade you mentioned for Russell Wilson and also bringing in Sean Payton, trading for him, uh, the expectations have to be extremely high with what they have sacrificed for the present to bring those guys in, really mortgaging the future. and. I don't see it happening for Denver with how bad they were last year, and you're right, how good the division and the conference is. I think it's going to be another rough year in Denver. 
It will, and it leads to even more questions next year because you got to think at that point, Sean Payton might have to try to look to see if he can get out from under Russell Wilson for his tenure with the Broncos. It's going to be fascinating, Drew, to see what happens in Denver. Coming up, one NFL coach showed up to camp with a different look today. We'll talk about that next. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Just listen to this guitar. Just listen to the guitar. It's so good. If you don't know who this is, this is Nita Strauss. It's her new song, Victorious, here on Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Tell your smart speakers to play ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber is always presented by Progressive Insurance alongside Drew Carter. I'm Michael Rossi. We're in for Joe and Amber today. And uh, whenever I'm on the show, I'm going to make sure that song gets played because it's it's a banger, man. Michael, Drew's she raising an his hand. Artist? She she's an actually, American artist? Yes, she, she is an American like artist. Very much. No, I okay. do like American artists. I just, you know, sometimes like to have fun with some of our other co-hosts who are not fans of the Beatles and, and kind of, you know, needed them a little bit. <laughs> what, just what's, a, what's a worse, what's a more ludicrous music take? Jeff Turn not liking the Beatles or Rob Stats Guerrera thinking concerts are a waste of time? Wait, he thinks what now? He thinks concerts are a waste of time. I can't believe you James Steele, can we, can we get up. him on the phone next segment just so we can like <laughs> ask him about that terrible take? Every show he does, it's concerts what? are a waste of time. Well, yeah, then, it's like if I want to listen to the songs, I can just listen to them. What what concerts has he gone to? Like that, we need to get we need to get stats to a real concert. Then let's get stats to Gov Ball or or something. Let's get stats to a Springsteen show. Like, come on, man. Gov Ball is your first example of a real. Concert? Well, y'all y'all Gov are in Ball? Connecticut. You're in Connecticut. I'm thinking of a music festival. Gov Ball's on Randall's Island, man. That's just what I'm thinking. That's anyway, listen, we're 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 giving our own takes here, and so now we're gonna go to these other takes that we're going to hit in a second. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. And, and you can definitely wonder what I was trying to say to you right there before I tossed it to you. So instead, I'm going to hand this off to our lovely producer, James Steele, who's going to take the reins here and sound much better than me. James, have at it. I think that's the first time I've been called lovely in my <laughs> entire life, but thank you for that. All right. <laughs> So uh, Falcons head coach Arthur Smith showed up to camp looking a uh, little different today, and he was asked about it earlier in his media availability. 
Which board is the new facial hair? Is that just a personal thing? The lifestyle change is not for everybody. <laughs> are, are you going to keep it for the season? Let's see how it goes. All right, so Arthur Smith has a mustache now. Michael, what did you think about that? Uh, so I had heard about it on Monday. I had saw it. I saw it on Tuesday night because the Falcons posted something on Instagram, a picture of him with the Brentford FC coach. And the first thing I thought of is, whoa, Arthur Smith looks a lot like Ted Lasso now with the mustache because it is a very Ted Lasso-ian mustache. And in 2021, they actually had a Believe sign in the media room that was put there one day as a joke. Arthur Smith is very into pop culture. I, I love the mustache. Uh, I think it's hilarious. I I support anyone trying something new. He's not the only one who has it. Defensive coordinator Ryan Nielsen also has done the same thing. So it's a coordinated effort, Drew Carter. Oh, I see what you did there. Coordinated effort with the defensive coordinator also rocking the mustache. My question is, James Steele, our producer, has one of the most luscious, gorgeous, dare I say voluptuous beards that I have ever seen. Uh, James, have you ever been a mustache-only guy, or is it always the full beard? Um, I have. So I was in the Air Force for four years, and when, when I was deployed, we went mustaches. It was terrible. Uh, also, uh, I did it a couple years ago. Uh, um, Ryan Matlack, one of the producers here, um, yeah, convinced me to do it for Movember, and uh, I thought I looked terrible uh, because, listen, I have a beard for a reason, and that's because I am not, I am not a handsome man. Well, and the more of my face that you disagree. see, the worse, <laughs> the worse than it is for everyone around us. Okay, so no, I- lovely. You're yeah, lovely, thank you. It's because I, it's a beard. You can't see anything else. So. I, I have another question for you. Like, have you and since we're talking about coordination with Arthur Smith and Ryan Nielsen, have you and Daniel Dopp coordinated your beards here? Because Daniel Dopp ha- has one of the best beards at ESPN. Obviously, you have the connection with the military as well. No, no, no coordination. It's just we just, I guess, look like each other. It's not the first time I've heard that, and I, he doesn't. He probably doesn't even know who I am, so he he doesn't hear that. But I hear it all the time. So, well, the funny part is, you two could look completely different. Like you might have opposite <laughs> facial structures, but everyone says you look identical just because of the beard and the hair. And it is, I mean, it is a tremendous beard. I will say that. By the way, Arthur Smith, if he really were Ted Lasso. How would he respond to that question about his facial hair? He'd probably say something like, got to keep the crumb somewhere, right? I, I think that would be a more Ted Lasso response. It, it, it would be, and you know what? Uh, do not tempt him. Uh, as I have learned, because I cover him every day for the Atlanta Falcons, cover the Atlanta Falcons, uh, do not tempt him. That might come up at some point. James, what's next? All right, the Panthers traded up to number one overall to snag Bryce Young in the NFL draft in April, and it's no surprise to hear new Panthers head coach Frank Reich say this today. This is a stinking grown man, and he's, he's in control. Um, he knows what he wants and how he wants it done, and, uh, and I think that that's a good place to start from. In the interest of having this question not asked 100 times, is he QB1 now and that we're good to go? Yes, he's QB1. He is QB1. All right, Drew, Bryce Young, QB1 from day one. Uh, it's almost a certainty we'll get to see a lot of C.J. Stroud in Houston and probably Anthony Richardson in Indy. And who knows what we'll see from Will Levis in, in Tennessee this season. But which one of those guys will end up having the biggest impact on their team this year? 
I'll give you two answers, James. I'll say Anthony Richardson will have the biggest negative impact on his team. As, as someone who watches a lot of college football, I just cannot believe that he will be an effective passer as a rookie. I, I have high expectations for him in the future. I, I hope he figures it out. I got a chance to call a Florida game last year, and I'm a big Anthony Richardson fan. But he completed under 54% of his passes. His TD to interception ratio was under two. He was just not a good passer in college, so I find it hard to believe he will be in the pros. I actually think they should roll out Gardner Minshew to start the season. Kind of same thing I think they should do in Houston. Roll out uh, the the guy with the big Davis Mills, the guy with the big neck, Davis Mills. Roll him out. He's a pretty good backup quarterback. You don't need to start your rookies day one. As for the guy I think will have the biggest impact on his team winning – I still think the Tennessee Titans can be pretty good. And if Will Levis does win that job from Ryan Tannehill, I think that means that A, Ryan Tannehill was not very good, but B, they believe in him enough to lead them to the playoffs because that's a roster that's built to win in a division that even though we all love Jacksonville after one good second half last year, I still think the Tennessee Titans are a contender in that division. So of those four quarterbacks, the Titans have the best chance to win. I'll say Levis has the biggest impact. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm so not agreeing with you there, at least on the Will Levis part. The Anthony Richardson part with the negative impact, I was saying it last night, and I'll say it. I've been saying it for months now. I, I still feel like Anthony Richardson is going to get guys fired because he's all traits, all potential, but when you're completing 55% or less of your passes in college and you're only one year of a starter, that does not bode well for your NFL future. Bryce Young's going to have the most positive impact on the team of those four rookie quarterbacks because he's going to get the chance to start from day one. And here's the other thing, Drew Carter. It's very, very simple. He is has everything built around him from a coaching perspective to become really good. He has Frank Reich. He has Jim Caldwell. He has Josh McCown. Those are three brilliant quarterback minds. Don't forget, Jim Caldwell is a guy who built Peyton Manning. He helped resurrect Matthew Stafford's career. He's going to be able to do a built lot with Peyton Bryce Manning. Young. Yeah. Jim Caldwell, he he's the build. reason Peyton Manning no, was so he, good. Uh-huh. He, helped, he yeah. helped build. Ask Peyton Manning. He helped mm-hmm. build Peyton Manning. Listen, half of the reason that the quarterbacks that are good in the NFL are good are because of the support they have around them. And Peyton, Matt, Peyton, sure. look at look at uh, David Carr. David Carr got sacked into oblivion. Well, part of the reason he wasn't good was because he got sacked into oblivion. All right, Peyton Manning threw the most sure. interceptions in NFL history as a rookie. Part of what helped him was Jim Caldwell working with him. I'm just saying that's a good template for Bryce Young sure. to have. That's all I'm saying. I James. Agree. I agree. All right, as soon as I saw the video today on Instagram, I knew I had to play it for Drew, who is the absolute biggest, <laughs> number one fan of the Kelsey brothers. Nobody loves the Kelseys yes. more than Drew Carter, at Drew Dool, whatever that number is on Twitter. <laughs> two, here five, are, two five, two <laughs> five. Here are Jason and Travis on their latest New Heights podcast talking about the latter's plan to meet Taylor Swift. Speaking of Taylor Swift, I know you went to the Taylor Swift concert. How was it? Yeah, well, I was disappointed that she doesn't talk before or after her shows because she has to save her voice for the 44 songs that she sings. So I was a little butthurt I didn't get to hand her one of the bracelets I made for her. You made her a bracelet? Yeah. If you're up on uh, Taylor Swift concerts, there are friendship bracelets, and I received a bunch of them being there, but I wanted to give Taylor Swift one with my number on it. Not right now. Your number's in 87 or your phone number? <laughs> you know which one. <laughs> She doesn't meet anybody, or at least she didn't want to meet me, so I took a personal. She probably just hasn't gotten over the Super Bowl yet. She's a big Eagles fan. Maybe she just made something up and just didn't want to talk to you. Damn it. All right, Drew. Uh, Travis Kelsey making Taylor Swift a bracelet with his phone number on it. Uh, too much? Smooth? What do you think? James, 
I got to give credit where it's due. You can never accuse me of being overly set in my ways or dogmatic because you're right. I don't like the Kelsey brothers. I think they generally are too much. I think they generally are overexposed and not that funny. And I'd like to see less of them generally. But in this case, A, I respect the move because it's a move that I myself have pulled off. Not with Taylor Swift, of course, but writing my number on, on something and giving it to someone and it actually works out sometimes. It's a very old school move. I respect it a lot. Travis Kelsey, for all of his faults, in my opinion, does seem to have some game because people forget he had his own Bachelor parody show, basically, on I think it was on E! News called Catching Kelsey, where he had dozens of women yeah. throwing themselves at him. He's got some game, so I will give him that, and that would have been a smooth move if he could have pulled it off. However, he clearly didn't plan it very well, or else he would have known that he couldn't succeed. But still, you got to give credit where it's due, Michael. Hey, I, listen, I, I'm a very – I'm a Swifty, and I fully admit that. So I'll just say this about Travis Kelsey. Player is going to play, 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 and the hate is going to hate, 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 hate. Baby, I'm just going to shake, 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 shake. I shake it off. I shake it off. And, of course, if you are a Swifty, you know exactly what that is. I love the move by Travis Kelsey. I love the attempt because why not shoot your shot, man? What do you got to lose? Absolutely nothing. And then worst case scenario is exactly what happened. You have a great story for a podcast that we end up talking about here on ESPN Radio. Coming up next, Jim Ursay. I don't know if he's a fan of Taylor Swift, but I know he's not a fan of this idea about the CBA with running backs. We'll talk about that next and explain why. Joe and Amber, ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. I feel like this is a song of celebration. It's a song, some music, some sultry sounds. I- I'm loving this right here. On Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, ESPN. Do you know what song this is, Michael? No, I don't. You've been giving me me a hard time about my lack of pop culture knowledge. I know. Cam's on the ones and twos on the board tonight. This is the Wii Major instrumental. Shouts to Kanye. This song was a lot more fun to listen to maybe like four years ago before Kanye made some other comments. That is a great song we made. Well, now, now that it was – now I, I'm, I should not have said that because that was Kanye. And now I feel, I, I'm, not, I'm not pleased about that. This is Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio, ESPN app. That voice you hear is Drew Carter. I'm Michael Rothstein. Joe and Amber is always presented by Progressive Insurance. Want to give us a call? Give us a shout. 888-SAY-ESPN. That's 888-729-3776 because we want to know what you think about what is – quickly becoming the hottest topic in the NFL right now, which is the running back situation. Not necessarily the running back situation with your team that you like, Drew, but the league in general and whether or not running backs should get paid or not. So this just happened about, I think about a half hour ago. Jim Ursay, the owner of the Indianapolis Colts, who has a very great running back in Jonathan Taylor, who's going to be up for a contract extension very, very soon, tweeted this. Quote, NFL running back situation. We have negotiated a CBA that took years of effort and hard work and compromise and good faith by both sides to say now that a specific player category wants another negotiation after the fact, comma, 
That's an inappropriate comma. But he says is inappropriate. <laughs> the, the negotiation after the fact, I'm saying the comma is inappropriate. Bad grammar there, yeah. Jim Irsay. Some agents, capital A, are selling, quote, bad faith. Drew, beyond the fact that Jim Irsay has not done a great job with Twitter grammar here, uh, what he's, I hate to say this, he's not wrong. I don't agree yeah. with him, but I don't think he's wrong. What do you think? Well, you also you neglected to mention how the tweet ends, which is it's a single apostrophe around bad faith. <laughs> so it's not a quote, and then it's dot dot. It's period period. It's not an ellipsis. It, it is a, it is period period from Jim Irsay. Uh, Stephen Holder, who covers the Colts and does a great job for us here at ESPN, we had him on Freddie and Fitzsimmons the other night, and we were talking about Jonathan Taylor and how he's on the active pup list for the start of training camp. And he's not there. And I asked him, how much of that is injury-related because Taylor was banged up last year, and how much of that is contract-related? And he said, well, reading the tea leaves, both Jonathan Taylor and Jim Irsay have said that he's ready to go from a health perspective at different points in the offseason. It's, it's not like, you know, Jonathan Taylor has said that since he started the holdout, like, I'm healthy and I'm holding out. He hasn't said that, but he has said at a different point in the offseason that he feels ready to go from an injury perspective. So the timing of this from Jim Irsay is interesting, and I, I think you're right with that analysis. Do we agree with putting this tweet out there? Probably not, but is he wrong? Probably not. I think Jim Irsay is a guy who says what's on his mind, and sometimes that is to his detriment. It is pretty entertaining to follow because now you can connect the dots, and speaking of Stephen Holder, you go on his Twitter, at HolderSteven, he put out, the only thing missing here is him tagging Jonathan Taylor in the tweet, <laughs> which is 100% accurate. So, of course, Jim Irsay has a, a front row seat to this. When he says some agents are selling bad faith, he's probably hearing that from Jonathan Taylor's agent directly. And it, it's been part of the conversation we've heard the last few days, Michael, where you know the running backs were in the group chat, they had their Zoom meeting. It's a problem with no easy solution. But I do think Jim Irsay is right here. I mean, as much as the CBA favors the owners, it was collectively bargained. It's in the name. It's a collective bargaining agreement. It was agreed to by the owners and by the players. And I actually think that 90% of players, every non-running back, would also have an issue with changing the CBA, which is fairly new, by the way, changing the CBA to benefit running backs. Because how can we come out there and say – you know, running backs we know contribute X, which means they have to receive X piece of the pie from a salary perspective. We can't say that. This is pure capitalism, and running backs just aren't as valued as they used to be. That's just the reality of it. Well, not only that, but if you went back and did that, you are opening yourself up to so many problems, not only from the player's perspective, but from the owner's perspective as well, because all of a sudden, any time you don't like something in the CBA – you could be like, oh, 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 look what we did for the running backs that one time. We're going to do this now for punters. We're going to do this now to make quarterbacks a separate thing. Or you know what? Listen, we just we had a bad year because of something that happened. So we're going to take some of that revenue share back if you're the owners. Like it's just it's become such a mess if you go and try and do this. That it, to me, yeah, listen. I did not like the CBA when they signed it. I thought D. Smith did a bad job with that, and you know he's obviously 
no longer going to be the executive director of the NFLPA as they're you know going to have a new one here. But I just I don't think he did a great job, and I think that some of it had to do with the timing because they, no one knew what was going to happen with COVID in 2020 when they were negotiating this, and some of it had to do with the fact that it was just a bad deal. It's just a bad, bad deal, and it's unfortunate, Drew, because running backs have been devalued in the draft, although two went in the first round this year, Bijan Robinson and Jamar Gibbs, and it just it just doesn't feel right. We're going to go quickly to the phones on this. Sergey in Texas, you got 30 seconds. Thanks for joining us tonight. Hey, guys. Now, listen, I understand what the controversy is, but I don't understand is you've got players out here that want to play, and if you've got players like Zeke Elliott that – barely show their effort on the field, then what's the point? What's their value then? You know what I'm saying? If you've got quarterbacks that are running backs that are really wanting to play and want to show their true value, you're gonna they're gonna show it on the field. And if they gain 30, 40 yards each play and then you win half the season with them, then why not Yeah, Sergey, I don't disagree with you, but the thing is, I mean the part the part of their argument, Drew, is hey, guys like Jonathan Taylor, guys like Austin Eckler have shown it. They've just shown it. It's that simple. Right. I mean, right. It, it really is. They've, ju- they've shown it, and that's why they're having this conversation. Coming up, your thoughts on the value of running backs in the NFL. Plus, who has the most pressure on them heading into the NFL season? We'll talk about that next. Joe and Amber on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.